Welcome to the Transformation and Coaching Industry Podcast, where we get the inside story of some of the world's most successful coaches and transformational change agents. My name is Dr. Matt Kreinheader. Awesome, Jim. Well, I'm so glad to have this time with you and uh, really have been looking at a lot of the work that you've been doing and, and feel like this conversation about the transformation and coaching industry and sales in particular is a really uh, exciting way to dig into some of the things that we're both passionate about. So thanks for being here with us and uh, yeah, appreciate you for, for spending the time. Yeah, my pleasure. Uh, honored to be part of the conversation. Yeah, great, great. Well, I'd love to just get a little bit of your uh, your Jim Padilla superhero sales superhero ba- background story, your origin story, if you if you will. Give us a, a sense of kind of where you came from, how you came into sales, and how you built this this beautiful thing that you're doing. Yeah. Um, so basically, you know, it, it's it started uh, my childhood. It, it's relevant. It's the only reason I go there. But um, I was. I was born in a, in a, in a challenged environment. Um, mm-hmm. I was born to teenage parents who had really no business having me, but we're very glad they did. And, um, you know, my dad took off immediately. My mother responded to a very challenging situation with uh, a lot of rage and fear mm-hmm. and anger. And, and it, a lot of it got taken out on me. So growing up in an abusive environment, ending up in foster care at 13 and on the streets uh, at 16 and being in jail by 19, I literally spent my whole first 20 years of my life spending every minute reading my environment, learning, you know, I was at school thinking about what do I need to do when I get home so that my mom doesn't see me as a threat? Mm. What do I do? You know, how do I, how do I find, you know, my colleagues, my, my crew, people on the streets and in jail, how do I spend my time so that I can be an ally and an asset to those people? Mm -hmm. So that was my defense mechanism. If I knew Mm -hmm. if I could be valuable to them and then I wouldn't get hurt. And you know, I had no idea that over the next 20 years that this would be something that I learns to make me millions of dollars by teaching other people how to read the room, how to influence people in your direction, how to help them see you as an ally instead of as a threat, which is a lot of what sales is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they let down their guards and their defenses, and then they actually listen to you. And then when they hear you, they realize you make sense, and now they want to work with you and buy mm-hmm. from you. Um, so it was just very an organic process. But then, uh, you know, what we went from doing a lot of sales training and leadership development to, we had, you know, Bill Barron specifically, he was a, you know, an emerging rock star back in, you know, 2013. Yeah. And he was going to do his first million dollar launch. Mm. And he said, Hey, I don't want you to come and train my team. Can you guys do the sales for me? Mm. And I was like, let's do it. I had no idea what a launch was. I had to go buy Jeff Walker's book that day, (laughs) read the book from front to cover in two days recruited a dozen people to sell for us. We had no systems, no team, no strategies, no process. Mm-hmm. And we just totally went to town. And, uh, you know, two weeks later, we had a 17, you know, we, we had a $1.6 million launch that was a wildly successful, massive train wreck because nobody knew what they were doing. <clears throat> and then pretty much a line was at the door right around the corner. The people started coming wow. that way and we were the industry experts. And then, you know, over the course of the next couple of years, man, we, we, we just, we full throttle, um, we, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of systems and team and process later were the go-to experts for, you know, sales and event launches. And then mm. people started wanting us to stick around between events and launches. So then we started mastering evergreen sales in between. Yeah. And a hundred percent of this business has been by accident, um, all along the way. And has been a crazy journey and an, an incredible self-discovery process. Yeah. 
And we've been such a blessing to be connected to some of the top people in the in the industry of the expert space and be able to see the inner workings of how people run their business, both good and bad. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure that's a big revelation. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's a couple of things that you said that I'd love to double click on. And the first one is the the pathway that you described, I often describe to coaches and transformational change agents as the wound gift pathway. Yeah. So got dealt a tough hand early in the beginning, but recognized somewhere along the way that this was not something that you could stay a victim of. You actually had to turn it into a skill set. And now you've changed, you know, plenty of other people's lives as well as your own. That's amazing to see. And I love it when the arc comes full circle. So yeah. congratulations on that. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm curious as you as you are training other people, if you see that process and that kind of mechanism in them as well. You know, what's interesting is it, it's in all of us. I, I, I'm firmly convinced of that, but there's a lot of people who just, they're so committed to not being able to overcome yeah. that they just hold on to that identity. And if that's, if your identity is that you can't overcome, there's no yeah. actions you're going to take that will allow you to overcome what you believe about yourself. Right? Absolutely. So you will always return to your, your source, you know? Yeah. Ah, so good. So good. Um, and the other thing, when you're mentioning about Bill Barron, you know, such a, a, a core aspect of the entrepreneurial kind of DNA is uh, ready, fire, aim. And it sounds like <laughs> that's the the tack that you took with that. So I'm I'm wondering, like, you knew you didn't know, and you did your best to get ready. But going in, what was your mindset? What was your kind of state for how am I going to do this thing that I know is right and good and valuable? And I also know I got to figure it out. Well, I've always been a proponent of surround myself with amazing people. Mm. Um, and, you know, it's interesting because I, I was in mortgage. I had a mortgage company from, you know, while the, the, the fruit was falling off the tree back in 2000, <laughs> right? In the big rush. Yeah. Um, and my very first loan was... I, I, I had no confidence. I had uh-huh. some skill set, but no idea. So I said, let me go find the cheapest area, which is called North Highlands. It's in the pocket of Sacramento. And it's the, literally the, the, it's the lowest income per capita in the United States. Mm. And I said, I guarantee I know more than those people about mortgage. Let me go do one of their loans. Uh-huh. And so I did a $94,000 refinance. And check this out. At the same day that I started it, my friend Cliff, he started a loan for uh for somebody in what's called the Wexford Estates, which is where all the Sacramento Kings and all the millionaires mm. live. So we started alone the same day. It closed 31 days later, both of us. I made $800. <sighs> he made $30,000 because <sighs> it was a three and a half million dollar loan that he had you know, a, a good rate percentage on. And what I learned very powerfully in this was that um, you, you can do the same amount of effort to be able to produce the outcome. So you might as well get the best outcome possible. And to get the best outcome possible, you just got to lean on the people who know how to do it. Yeah. Right. So then I immediately went, okay, I'm going to go. I found me a home builder who was building all these fancy homes and he's forgotten more about mortgage than I had ever known. And he said, look, I don't need you to do my mortgage. I just don't want to do mortgage. I just want to build homes. So you do the loans for me. I'll tell you exactly what to do with them and where to go. You just don't make sure I don't ever get screwed. And so I literally knew, knew this much. I was operating on his knowledge plus the higher ups at my brokerage firm office, and I was just the messenger. And we all made a lot of money. Wow! I people. So I, I I apply that to everything I do. It's like, look, what do you need done? If long, as long as I know the core story of what you're trying to accomplish, 
either I'm here to help accomplish that, or I bring somebody else in who knows the nuts and bolts to get it done. And, you know, one of my core values in our, my life and in our business is ownership. And mm-hmm. the way we define ownership is it's got nothing to do with what you can do and yeah. everything to do with what you can get done. I love that. You, it's yeah. your job to ensure the outcome happens, but nobody said it's your job to do any of it. Brilliant. Brilliant. So good. Yeah. And there, there's another element in there too, that I, I, maybe it's just natural to you that I've seen a lot of people trip over is the difference between that $94,000 loan and the the really big loan is I believe it's okay for me to do these big numbers. Like so many people get stuck in the, who am I to whatever, whatever. Right. So that's a, another part of the mindset game of the sales process that becomes really important at some point to, to go after the big thing, knowing that it's not that different actually, but that belief switch is massive, right? Yeah. It's, it's all about what's going on in, in, in the real estate between the years, because it, it literally is the transaction is the same mm. and often easier. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so interesting. So yeah. interesting. Yeah. And, and I know a lot of what you're doing in the sales training is in the the coaching and marketing space. And I'm wondering how often, and I see, and I'm sure you do too, you see floods of new people, young people coming into this all the time and the industry is going crazy, you know, it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. How often do you see that that's the thing that's holding people back is that mindset piece, or is it really more just skill capability, tactics, strategy? Um, You know, is it the inner, the outer game? You know, it's, it's interesting. Um, I, I always got a story or metaphor for stuff. But <laughs> That's great. I, I coached, I coached high school basketball for, for, you know, 15 years. And uh, our daughter was blessed to play at a very high level. I played college baseball. Mm. She played college basketball. Um, and I was able to coach her through high school. And one thing we saw all the time is you can be extremely talented yeah. and be good. Mm. Or you can be really good, hard worker mm-hmm. and be good. But yep. when talent works hard, you're exponential. Love it. Right. And that's in any area. And so there's a lot of people who can just effort and muscle their way to success. Yep. They may not reach the mountaintop, but they're going to have a good quality journey. They're going to get ahead of a lot of people. And then there's a lot of people who don't even know what they're doing. They're just surviving on raw talent. Yeah. And they can also make huge strides and be yep. well. But when you surround that talent with somebody who's got some know-how and then you surround that hard work with somebody who's got a good system and some talent to go, all of a sudden people are just, you know, exponentially increasing. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I've across a number of industries seen those super talented people and I'm like, so much possibility here. Yes. Could you just put the work in, you know, because then it's really like everything comes together and it's a beautiful thing to see. Yeah. And, and I think right now um, is a time, you know, people are using the term winter is coming, right? With the mm-hmm. economy as the state of things as they are. And I don't know where that's going to go. I have no idea. I can't predict the future. I wish I could, uh, but but that's not my gift. Um, however, I've learned the art of preparation for anything. Yeah. Yeah. And those who are surviving on talent alone are going to struggle a lot more than necessary yep. when winter comes. Yeah. And the person who works hard is also going to struggle, but at least they will have the ethic of moving through adversity. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And so I, I want to encourage people as much, you know, my podcast, the Opportunity Maker podcast, and that's the whole focus of it right now is, you know, talking with highly successful business owners and leaders mm-hmm. who don't look at, uh, at, at, a, at a problem riddled uh, season as a challenge. It's yeah. just nothing but an opportunity field. Absolutely. Right. And, but that's, if you're prepared, 
if you're not prepared, if you don't have a plan, a strategy, a system, then that's just scary. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree with that. You know, it's just the, the, the waves that we're used to riding in in a summer season, if we use the metaphor are going to be very different waves than in the winter season. And they're, they're still waves, but we just got to find them and we got to know how to leverage them. Totally. And that's also where the integrity piece has got to be vital. Yeah. You know, um, I know, I know you talk a lot about integrity uh, of, of the process and of the industry and, um, you're going to be better served by doing the right things simply because it's the right thing Mm -hmm. than somebody who's mastered the art of cutting the corners. Amen. And, uh, and, and that's hard to replicate you, especially when you're visible personality and people are, Oh, well, he cut that corner. I should cut that corner. Yeah. But you don't know what he was doing or why he did it. Yes. You're just likely to head over a cliff. (laughs) (laughs) And we don't want that for you. (laughs) Exactly. Well, you you bring up an interesting point and uh, about the integrity in the industry and and one of the things that's very confusing about the coaching industry. I, I tell people that we're in the wild west phase right now. We're in you know exponential expansion. Anyone can come in. Anyone can say anything. Yes. And I've found that it's not really the capability of the transformational process that people are wanting to learn most. They're wanting to learn the marketing and sales and. Without the core of that transformation, we still need the marketing and sales, of course, and those are important, good things to learn, but we need to make sure that we're selling something viable and good and dependable. So I'm curious for you how you've seen in these industries, you know, some of the integrity issues start to show up because especially when you're down on your luck, you got to figure something out, you got to make the money, you know, like this, there's a real kind of dynamic tension that occurs there. Yeah. I don't know if it's sometimes I'm an eternal optimist, internal, you know, I'm hopeless romantic. I believe <laughs> the best in everybody. I've just learned it's just easier to trust people until they prove you can't. Yeah. And so as a result, I believe that I, I don't see in people what a lot of people see. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, there's like, there's a lot of discussion online about the state of the, like the high ticket industry where most, you know, most of our clients are selling very high ticket stuff. Yeah. And so there's a lot of like, poo-pooing that you know like who are these people they're all scam artists and they're all sound like who, who are you talking about not a single one of people i know are scam artists they're all yeah. trying to do their best now integrity doesn't a lack of integrity doesn't mean you're stealing from people it could just right. be not honoring your commitments yeah if i committed to help you get an outcome and my i don't have a process that can actually do it or i'm scaling too fast to manage that then you're still out of integrity absolutely right and absolutely that's a problem. And it was a tough one with me because we we were working with, you know, with some, actually it was Patrick Dominguez, who was Bill Barron's partner uh, for years. One of the smartest people, both of them, two of the smartest human beings I've ever met. Um, and Patrick, I had a challenge with that because cha- they challenged us. They were business partners of ours. Mm. And, and you know, Patrick, he was challenging me with the word integrity. And I was like, dude, because I, I don't lie. I didn't, I didn't mm. lie to you. I'm cheating. Yeah. He's like, no, but you didn't deliver what you said you were going to deliver. Mm. That makes you out of integrity. I was like, holy mm-hmm. crap, that's right. You know? Yeah. And yeah. people don't think about that enough. It's like, don't commit to things that you can't commit to. Don't commit Absolutely. to what you can't deliver. You know, and that's not just publicly, that's to yourself. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, right now, who, who has on their calendar, I'm going to the gym tomorrow. <laughs> and then you don't go to the gym. <laughs> right. Well, right. Now you don't even have credibility with yourself. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's where the conversation has to start. Right. Because it's really hard to turn that lens of integrity back on yourself and saying, where am I not standing up to the man or woman or otherwise that I think or know I can be? And if we can admit it to ourselves first, we build the muscle that if we become confronted, 
now we can have that conversation. But if you haven't built the muscle for yourself, it's really hard to have that conversation with another human being because you're moving through all kinds of weird emotions at the same time you're trying to manage the relationship. Yeah. You know, I, I was just, I'm going to share a, a, a Bible verse with you, if you don't mind. Awesome. Yeah. Um, I, I roll with Jesus You know, I spend my time every morning with Jesus in the Bible. And here, this is what I was coming across this morning is in second Timothy four. And it's it, Paul is telling Timothy and stick with me. Those of you who are not Christians. This is not about <laughs> this piece, but he's telling Timothy, preach the word, be prepared in season and out of season, correct, mm. rebuke, and encourage with mm. great patience and careful instruction for the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine instead to suit their own desires. They will gather around them a great number of teachers who say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn aside their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. Mm. Now tell me if that's not happening in the marketplace every day. In the marketplace and the political landscape. I mean, we could extrapolate this out into many spaces for sure. And, you know, you, it's like, you're not looking for the truth because a yep. lot of times the truth sucks. The truth yep. is you need to work harder at this and you need to learn these things. But somebody else is over here promising. If you just click on this, I'll, you'll never have to work at this because you're going to get the greatest outcome. And yep. then people are wondering why there's so many, you know, less than integrity filled marketers, because there's an audience for people who don't want to hear the truth. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. I, I wish it weren't the case. And I think that you're right. You know, the people want to, part of the the buying process is you have to be able to enroll yourself in the, what is currently an illusion that you're trying to make a reality. And there's a whole process in marketing that really can either highlight that and use it as a positive tool or prey on people for whom may not be able to pull that all the way through. And it, it brings up another interesting part of the uh, sales process, which again, I, I love sales. I've been doing sales since 1998, really almost consistently all the way through in different forms or ran a $15 million music store, you know, was a chiropractor. So I was had to sell my services in that. So I totally get it. And I believe that sales is a service when we do it right. Um, but the other side of that is, you know, one of the the words that people often get stuck on, and I think is important, but also problematic is persuasion. Persuasion is a part of sales, and it can be done well and not so well. And I'm betting that you have some some thoughts and feelings on that as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, it's I, I believe there's so much in semantics. A lot of people like, you know, people get caught up in words. And, and I, one of the things that I learned from a mentor, 20 when I was back in Amway when I was 19. Um, it's a words only have the meanings that we give them. Yeah. Right. So things like manipulation. Yeah. Well, I had to manipulate my shoestrings to tie them. Yeah. Manip- manipulate is not a bad word unless you decide it's a bad word. Yeah. Right. It's just a tool to help manage the environment. Yeah. Um, push. You know, I don't know. I, I don't, I'm, and I'm not a pushy guy. I lead with my heart, you know, but I bring my head with me. Mm-hmm. Most people who lead with their heart, leave their head behind and they try yeah. to just emotionalize their way through a process and just, and that doesn't work by itself. You still yes. have to have intention and brain power here. Um, and people have to be crystal clear on what it is that, you know, what it is that you need people to hear because uh, in, you know, in my world, communication is the responsibility of the communicator. Mm-hmm. You know, I was just talking to one of my sales team a minute ago. We shared an offer at an event. Somebody right now is like, here's what Jim said. And like, that's not what I said. 
And so he's trying to communicate between what they thought the promise was and what we know the promise was. And now we have, we're at an impasse and I just, he's trying to find the solution. And I said, look, it's my fault because if she understands that something I said allowed her to understand that. So Mm. what do we need to do differently to bridge that gap and meet her where she is? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. What a, a, a salient example of something that happens every day. So I'm wondering if you have a process for that, because that's a, a, a real issue is that the customer understood one thing, which may or may not have been what the salesperson said. And now you have this experience where you have to navigate to kind of uh, in incompatible realities to get to what's going to happen now. Yeah. Uh, you know, one of our business partners, um, we have a process in our company. We divide, we divide all of our businesses or divisions in our company up into separate entities and then put operators in place. And then we just partner. So that way I'm just in a consultant advisor role. I don't actually do things in the company. And mm-hmm. so, but one of our, one of our partners in this, he's very, very detail oriented and his perspective would be don't rush anything. So that stuff can be tested. Right. Mm-hmm. And I will, while I love that perspective, in a fast paced environment where you're attached to clients that are changing the world at speed, yep. you just don't have that option. Things happen. They got to make something up today. And a week later we have an event. So yep. a lot of things don't have the luxury of being tested. However, so you can still build in a process to ensure that the things that are important get checked every time. And yes. the offer would be one of them, right? If you're going to put on an event, you might have a lot of things that don't go really well, but your offer needs to be, it doesn't have to be a powerful offer mm. it needs to be a clear offer yeah as i just demonstrated yeah that there was obviously some gap in my clarity about what i put into the room yeah and it was a good offer and it works we got a lot of people but but we've had a couple of people with similar feedback like no this yeah. is what I promise like it's not what i promised but <laughs> you heard it wrong and that means i said it somehow i, I left room for ambiguity yeah. The interpretation. Yeah. 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 And so, yeah. So it's understanding to test, like when you're saying something, it's like, you need to be crystal clear. What's the message you're intending to hear? Who's supposed to hear? And how mm-hmm. do you know they've heard it? And yep. so for me, how do you know they've heard it means they've taken the action you wanted them to take. Mm-hmm. Right? So they did something, they hit, they, they checked something. They, there was something that they did that has to demonstrate it. And other than that, you can't assume that they've heard it. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful. And, you know, one of the things I I know, you know, and not everyone who's maybe starting in the industry or even been in the industry a long time realizes is that you're going to make mistakes all the way through, you know, especially when we see successful entrepreneurs, we have this kind of assumption that they're going to be bulletproof, that, you know, they're Teflon, they don't have emotions, like you can just put up a a mess and they can handle it or that they've got everything tested and figured out and it's going to be you know, airtight, watertight, and we're figuring stuff out as we go, just like everyone else is. And I think it's the the integrity piece there is, okay, there was a thing that happened. Now, how do we be with this thing that happened and make sure that the relationship stays safe and that I'm really caring for you and you're caring for me and let's be humans. And if we be humans together, we'll probably figure it out in the right way. Yeah. Um, And, you know, we were talking about this last night in terms of relationships in general. Um, There are certain things you want to think through ahead of time. You can't think about everything. You can't imagine every scenario, but you do need to think through some intersections that you're going to come across and plan for what the response might be. Mm. And so like in that scenario that we just talked about where I, you know, have a client who's not thrilled with the way I positioned something. Yeah. We have to remember, and this is what we always imagine. our, Our philosophy is that that individual transaction 
always means more to them than it does to us. Uh-huh. They're one of many. We've got a yeah. big company, a big business, a lot of things going on. This one deal isn't going to make or break our company, but it could yes. make or break them. Uh. Right. So with that in mind, I don't, you know, if you do that a million times, you lose a lot of money, but yeah. you have to think that way with your team. You yeah. know, we got a commission, right? They're, oh my gosh. Did, they're, they're like, oh, you shorted me $87. I'm like, no, we didn't. You calculated this wrong, but do I want to lose a salesperson over $87? Yeah. Which to him could be anything and everything. Right. Absolutely. It's right? always going to be more to them than it is to you on the, on the individual transaction. So yeah. make sure you, if based on that, that's where we will err. If yeah. it comes to respecting somebody and valuing them. Love that. Love that. Yeah. And, and you're right. You know, these people who are taking a risk and, and kind of voting with their wallet that for a lot of them, you know, and I've absolutely been there. It's a big stretch. It's a big stretch. And that stretch has financial certainly, but also emotional consequences and their fight or flight system gets activated. They get defensive, you know, lots of different parts of them come online and recognizing, okay, this is a person who's having a, a stressful experience right now. And it's probably way more stressful for them than it is for us, I think is a brilliant way to at least approach the conversation. And it doesn't always mean that you need to do a refund or whatever. Like that's not what I'm saying in any way, shape or form, but just recognizing with the kind of the truth of the individual experience of each person. So yeah. important. Yeah. And then if you think that way, then you'll already have some thoughts and ideas and how else can you bridge that gap for them? Right. So like maybe, maybe I don't want to give you the monetary difference, but there's here are these other three things that I'm happy to do for you. Absolutely. Right? Just like yeah. my days in the restaurant life. You know, one of my favorite man, restaurant managers was the reason I didn't want to be one because he worked himself to the bone. <laughs> um, but his policy was not to, is like he gave us empowerment. He gave us a budget as a team on the floor. Mm. So if we had five servers on the floor, we had like, okay, here you have a hundred. Our, our planned sales for the night is 5,000. So you're going to get 5% of that. So you're like mm. 200 bucks as a team that mm -hmm. we can use in customer engagement. Mm. And that's we, great. So somebody, somebody messed up. Great. What do you want to do? You want to give them a free meal or yeah. comp their meal, which is $25, or do you want to give them a Sunday, which costs us $3? Yeah. Right. But you got to make that, or do you want to give them a coupon to come back next time? You yep. make a choice, but we had a bank that we had to work with. Right. Yeah. But but it's because we knew going in how could, what what resources did we have to be able to serve people? Yeah. So you want to be thinking about that all the time. Does it, does it help to give them a free strategy session, a free resource? Exactly. Access to a private members only event. I mean, what, there's a lot of ways you can serve people besides just giving them a refund. Yeah, I love that. And and I think at the core of that, as I'm listening to you, what I'm hearing is we're committed to this person's outcome. And they said yes initially because they're trying to get to a place. You know, now we're talking about the the quote unquote problem that rose, but the, the problem isn't really the problem. The issue is like, I'm trying to get here. Can you still help me? And if you can see beyond the issue and say, hey, let's do this thing or let's change it in this way or let's make this tweak, this modification, because I really want you to have this experience. And I found often that it helps people to see that you genuinely care and you kind of de-escalate the situation that it doesn't turn into a problem anymore. It's like, we're, we're on the same side here. We're going in the same direction. Let's go together. Right. And, you know, it's, it's interesting because, uh, you know, I, I ref, I ref high school football, high school basketball, high school baseball. I spent a lot of time uh, on the court dealing with these volatile environments. <laughs> um, and it's crazy because as an official, you're the only person on the court who doesn't have a stake in the game. Mm -hmm. 
but it's easy to get caught up in the action. Ah, you got some, you got coaches who are fighting for a playoff spot and you make a, every time you blow the whistle, half the gym hates you. And the other half is like all for you. Uh, and then you make a, you have a situation and you call a foul on their number one scorer or whatever. And the coach is coming unglued and everybody's watching. We're all in a bubble, mm-hmm. big old fishbowl. And <laughs> I have to, like in that moment, I have to be completely aware of the fact that his potentially his job's on the line. Mm-hmm. Maybe that kid's dad is going to ride him because he's mm-hmm. trying to, my kid's going to go D1, whatever the deal is, yeah. right? Uh, there's a lot of things at play and at stake. And for me, it's just another night on the court. Mm-hmm. And so I have to, the higher he goes, the lower we have to go. Uh, but when they escalate, we de-escalate as much as humanly possible. Yeah. And we go out the door and we got to say, okay, coach, did you say everything you need to say? There's 12 guys there watching your next move. Let's make sure we make it look good. Let's mm-hmm. make sure we give them, right? Because we have to be the ones to guide that moment because all he's trying to figure out in the moment is I got to win this game. Yeah. That's not my my jam. And it's the same thing with all these clients, right? You're working with a client and you're in a fishbowl. Everything they do, you're you're on social media. You're, everything yeah. you say can be shared with the world. Yeah. And so you have to recall, like, what's at stake for them Yes. versus what's at stake for you. Yeah. And yeah. For the, you know, for me, it's like, I, I don't like not delivering results for clients. That's frustrating yeah. as mm-hmm. heck. Sure. But that doesn't cripple me. Yes. If they don't get their result, it could cripple them. Yeah. Right. Right. So we have to be always mindful that for me, it's, like, how do we do this? And am I going to pay my sales rep a commission, even though we didn't get what we needed from the client, all this stuff. But I got to think about the clients, like, I'm going to fail if I can't get this result, mm-hmm. right? So their decisions are way different than the decisions I'm making. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Jim, thanks for sharing all that. You know, that it's really, um, you know, uh, raw and honest and vulnerable to say, yeah, we've had issues. I've had to confront this. And I think it's a really a hallmark of what we need to see more of in the industry is, uh, and, you know, I think emotional intelligence is in a way a little bit worn out term, but there's like an, a, a true kind of empathy and willingness to be with this person, no matter what's going on, that could be showcased a little bit more. So I really uh, appreciate you being a, a leader and already being on that side of the conversation. Uh, yeah, it's really uh, encouraging to see. Thank you for that. Yeah. Uh, you know, at some point you just realize that it's, it's just easier to realize all the things that you're not, you know, it's really easier to recognize your own imperfections. Mm-hmm. It's so much harder to try to be perfect or even yeah. or put, a, to put an image out that it is. I'm like, you know what? The more I've learned, the more I realize I don't know anything. So, yeah. you know, no more false pretenses. It's just be yourself, yeah. you know? Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. Let <laughs> me ask you this. Um, who do you really, you said you're working with a lot of people who are doing really high ticket stuff and probably, you know, in the, in the echelon of people who are, it sounds like putting on big events. Um, who's your favorite type of person to work with? What's your favorite type of person for your, your salespeople to sell? Like what type of stuff do you love doing? Uh, primarily it's, you know, if, if, if there's one theme, it's um, impact driven people. Our, mm. I, our team just loves changing the world. They love being part of your mission, part of, you know, part of our client's mission. They just get, they get off on that. You know, they don't like selling widgets would never get them going, but selling something that's going to help change the world for at large or for those people is what really gets them going. And so along that lines though, we sell everything from, we have clients that are selling fairy dust and God magic. And we have clients that are selling 
hardcore marketing and business tools and doing capital raises for syndicated, you know, buying apartment complexes and all that stuff. So everything in between. And so we have a pretty wide range and we just tap in to the skill set of the expert, but the value set has to always be there. The value set, once the long as the value set is, it doesn't change. Product can change all the time. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And you just touched on something that I think is really important that I wish more people understood. And that's the difference between content and context. You know, the context in this case is the values. Like if we are saying we want more good in the world and what we're doing is committed to doing that, and we've proven that it is, I don't really care what you're selling. You know, it can be selling anything as long as the ethics are aligned and you really can create the result. Like I'm, I'm on your team. Here we go. Let's do it. And because it really just feels like the right thing to be doing, to be promoting the people who are on the same mission. So yeah, I totally love that. Yeah. Something that'll help as a, as a tool for people. We do strategic planning that every, every client journey begins with a strategic plan. Cause if we don't Mm -hmm. know where we're going, there's not a lot, we can, we can sell stuff, but it won't make sense. Yeah. Um, but one of the core questions that we dig into, we talk about the avatar and the who, we talk about the bleeding neck problem, and then the promise. What's the promise mm. your brand makes? Yes. And then what products or your, your solutions? And the solutions can change every day. The promise shouldn't change. Yeah. And the solutions should fulfill on the promise. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, you know, we just met with a client here yesterday and she's doing some amazing work and she's, she's working with special needs kids and she's worked, her whole deal is to help families on their journey mm. towards, you know, there's a lot of things she's learned while raising her child who now she's empowered in so many ways. And so she wants mm. to help these families. And we just named her company yesterday, the gifted kid. Uh, and so, so what beautiful. she's doing is taking these special needs kids and helping parents remember the gift that they have and how do we turn these kids into the gift for the world? Right. Mm-hmm. So that's recognized. But the goal is I return the gift, the blessing and the gift and the joy back to your family. That doesn't change. You can deliver a billion different products, but that's the promise. Yep. Right. The yep. solutions are membership or a guide program or a checklist. Or there's all kinds of ways to do it. But the promise is we'll give the gift of joy back to your family. So good. So, so good. I love that. I just need to remember that your promise is all about which, how people are going to be, how people are going to experience you. Yeah. Yeah. And, and for someone like that, my bet is, and when I've worked with clients like that, you know, they really embody that and they radiate that. So then when you have a brand and an offer and a business that's aligned with that, it's a monster. And there's so much opportunity because you really just, you be that no matter where you go. And that's powerful. Yes, totally. And she was, she was literally, she's just exuding you know she, every time she talks about it she starts crying you know it's just <laughs> <laughs> so much of that in there and then you know yeah. you surround her with the right equipped talent you know she's the talent yep without the skill set yeah so we equip her with the skill set the roadmap and the support look out yeah oh love it yeah um it, it reminds me of another question uh just because people listening to podcasts they love stories Right. right. So that's a, a great story. Tell me one of your favorite stories of a, a client that you've helped that, you know, it, I know you help your people make a lot of money and that's really important, but there's also the a deep meaningful aspect to kind of the transformation that the client undergoes when they have these successes with you. So give me the the story of someone who really uh, sticks out in your mind as man, that was, that was a fun one. Yeah. Well, this one's going to be fun. This isn't, this one just kicked off yesterday. So I'm really <laughs> looking forward to that. Um, 
But, you know, I mean, we work with like, quite honestly, some of our bigger moments are working with our smaller clients. Mm. Our bigger clients, quite on, we, we love the support and we make millions yep. with them. They were going to be successful without us. They were going to win no matter what. Mm. But these other people who are just trying to figure it out, yep. they're the ones who appreciate everything you do for them. Mm-hmm. and wear the journey with them but we have a, a client joanne who's actually our avatar for our, our lower end our smaller client and you know she she'd been struggling her whole life <clears throat> as, as an entrepreneur and as a filmmaker and as an artist and um and you know to 10k months were like dream come true mm. and now she's at a place where 20 is is the floor you know yeah you know, she's had $90,000 months. She's had, yes. you know, she's selling $21,000 products. She's, you know, her life has changed. You know, she yes. was in a position last month where she's buying a condo on the beach in Miami, you know, where she used to live in a cabin in Montana, you know, mm. just, just her life journey changes. So who she's been able to be for her industry has yep. changed tremendously because she knows what she's capable of. Love it. Love to hear it. Uh, it's so inspiring. And and I think it it speaks to, and, and why I like talking about it is it speaks to the reason we all started doing this, right? You know, why we started businesses, why we learned sales, why we created offers, because that experience of watching someone step into who they came here to be, who they meant to be, is really just, it's the juice. And yeah. and we just hope that it's worth the squeeze. <laughs> totally. Yeah, totally. thanks. You know, I'll, I'll tell you what too, I mean, I don't, not at the risk of falling on my sword too much here, because that's not the objective. But um, Catherine, as an example, right? We both mm-hmm. all know yeah. Catherine. Um, she's got an incredible company, incredible brand uh, that we were, were you know, blessed to work with for a while as, as a client. And she had a conflicting initiative, which is mm-hmm. something we talked about recently, which was interesting, because she wanted certain things to happen that she wasn't sure were going to happen. And because they didn't happen, our partnership ended not on the greatest of terms, mm. right? There was some discussion. There was something, it kind of had the potential to get ugly. Yeah. And it didn't end great, but it didn't go as ugly as it needed to, or could have, <laughs> I should say, mm-hmm. uh, as it could have. Um, and, but we parted civilly, which usually means you're, you're done. You're never going to hear from each other again yeah. when it works like that. And then, you know, a year later, she reaches out to me to get on her, you know, $100 million offer podcast because she was because of because how we treated them through this ugly separation. Yeah. They still felt valued. She still yes. felt valued. She still respected the relationship yep. and our ability to contribute to each other. And so not only did it lead to, you know, in it, you know, being part of that summit with her, we said she's connected me to other, you know, I've, I got several other, you know, pretty you know, influential podcasts that I'm on and interviews and, and it's, you know, even though nothing about our working relationship would have led you to this outcome. Yeah. Right. Ah. But when you just show up and do the right things for the right reasons, even if it's not what the client wants necessarily or need, just if you treat people well, um, it, you know, it, it matters. You know, it's not always about the dollars will show up. The yeah. dollars always show up. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. Yeah. One of my mentors and my healing background in the chiropractic profession was a guy named Donnie Epstein and grew up in the Jewish tradition. And the system that he created is, is not always simple. And there's a lot to figure out. And I asked him one day, you know, like, what, what do you do when you don't know what to do? And he said, be a mensch, <laughs> be a good guy. And that's like, that's the foundation of everything else that happens, whether it's healing, transformation, running a business. So I love you telling that story. And thanks for highlighting that. 
Yeah. And then, you know, when you're talking to people, you know, I don't know who's listening, if you're solopreneur or if you're running big, you know, companies and have teams, salespeople and all of that, just, you know, think of everybody. Think I, The term we use, we sell through people, not to people. Mm-hmm. And so that way we show up. And I, every time I show up in a conversation, my objective is to make you a partner in, in somehow. Yeah. And if you want our product as well, fantastic. But yeah. Let's, let's partner and collaborate to solve problems for we for the people we care about in common. Yeah. And so when I show up and it's like, you know what, this turned into not a sale. That's okay. Because some of our best referral partners never bought from us. They just yeah. experienced us. So right? good. And people are experiencing you every day and they're making those decisions. And you can have a great experience right up to the doorstep. And then because they didn't buy, you either neglected them or you tried to try it a little harder than you needed to, to make that yeah. sale happen. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, the whole the first ninety five percent of the journey just got wasted because it yeah. ended bad, mm-hmm. and they're not yep. gonna, that's not experience that they're going to want to partner with or introduce you or refer you or whatever. And you know that's where you know we that's where most of our revenue comes from is partnerships and introductions. And we but we do it by system and by strategy. Yeah, yeah, and that's the long game, you know. And and you've seen it, I'm sure I've seen it. The person who se- sells a million dollars from stage but 30 of it comes back, like they don't have a long-term business. They've got a short-term hustle that they're trying and sweating and trying to, you know, just make survive. And when you really invest in the long-term relationship, there's a lot of beautiful things that can happen, but they just don't always happen right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so let me ask you a closing question here. Okay. The world, according to Jim Padilla, if you could change anything in the coaching transformation healing industries, you know, from your vantage, from your perspective, with all this amazing uh, background that you have and expertise that you have, what would you do different? How would you, how would you make a pivot in, in uh, the industry that would result in more people getting what they want? I would say the biggest change that I would see as a huge impact is the ability for everybody to tell the truth about everything. If you can literally tell the truth and that, and I know everybody go, but I do tell the truth, but I do. And I'm not saying you're a liar. I'm saying you're not telling the whole truth. Yeah. Meaning you're not telling the whole story warts and all. You're not letting people really know what's, you know, yes, we're going to make change for you, but it's going to hurt a little bit first, you know, whatever you need to sell, tell somebody. (laughs) Yeah. Here's the biggest one. Most of us are not telling the truth to ourselves. If you are not really, if you have a program or an offer or a solution that can literally change somebody's life and you're not selling it like as crazy, cracked out, uh, you know, freak about what you do, you got to be the ultimate evangelist for what you do. And if you're not, nobody else will be. And if you're not out there telling people, I have the cure for what ails you, I got the juice, then you're lying to yourself. Wow. And then in diff- in return, you're also lying to them. Yeah. Right? You've got to be selling yourself every day. Take all your, your testimonials, your case studies, so put them on the wall and look at that stuff every day. Realize the impact that you're making on people and sell from there. Hmm. So good. So good. Yeah. You have to be an evangelist. You've got to be your own best case study and you've got to be the one leading the charge until you've got a team that can do it for you. Beautiful. That's amazing. Thank you, Jim. Definitely. Um, Tell people where they can find you. 
Yeah, uh, the, the best place to go is to my personal website, jimp360.com. It's J-I-M-P, like Padilla, 360.com. Uh, and, uh, you know, we'll have a link for you in the show notes, I'm sure. Um, but just get on there and go to my site there and just find my contact info, download it to your phone. I'll be in your phone so that you'll know exactly who I am instead of just being a random number. And then shoot me a text. Let me know that you heard, you know, that you heard me on the podcast here. And I'd love to get to know what you're doing. What's your journey, where you're at. Uh, I'm not one of those people who think, you know, I challenge quote unquote gurus all the time, come down from the castle on the hill and serve your peasants because yes. none of us are, none of us are anything greater than anybody else. And uh, I try to make myself accessible to as many people as I can, because, you know, if I can help you in a 10 minute conversation, why not? <laughs>